Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's the Autosport Podcast. We discuss British national motorsports and ask is there just too much racing? you have too much of a good thing? That's the question we're asking today about British national racing. For many years there have been suggestions that there are too many race meetings, too many championships, too many grids, so we're going to delve into whether that criticism is justified. I'm your host Ed Straw and joining me first is Ian Titchmarsh. Now you were reporting on club racing events for all sport back in the 1960s so it was a trip to say a BRSCC meeting at Cadwell Park if you ever went to one of those. Was it, was it I did. different in those days to, to how it was now? There were no motorways, really, that facilitated access. I mean, I live, as I still do live, in the Wirral, um, Merseyside to the uninitiated. Uh, and so you had to drive across country uh, with no sat-navs uh, and uh, no motorways. Uh, and in my Mini Cooper S, sort of bouncing along over there. Uh, and when you got there, it looked then like it looks now, uh, only it's been tidied up by Jonathan Palmer's MSV. Um, but essentially, it was the same journey. Uh, and it didn't take any longer than it does now because there were far fewer cars on the road. I'm pretty sure that whenever you go to Cadwell Park, it's out of the way. There aren't many good roads, or 
anything. It's, it's never. It's always a long, a long journey. Oh, there are a few dual carriage roads, not all the way to Cadwell or Louth, which is the nearest town, but the, the, it, it is easier um, in terms of the type of road you're driving on. But they're clogged with cars, unfortunately. We've got onto route planning. This is brilliant. Um, <laughs> we should we should move on to the next guest, which is uh, Stephen Lacrish. Now you've been looking into this topic over the past few weeks without delving into any of the detail, but just in general terms. I mean, is is this a is this a problem? Is this a big talking point when you're speaking to the main players in 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 club racing? I think so. There's no sort of denying the fact that there is a lot of motorsport in this country at the moment, and whether it is to a level that it's a problem is is the big question. Really, um, we're getting towards the point where certain issues are arising. Like there was a meeting back in September where there was insufficient marshals. Uh, for the whole of the Donington GP loop to be used. So they had to run on the different circuit on the first day, and then on the second day they were able to. So that's just one of the examples of a problem that could arise from there being so many meetings. So I think it's a really important issue that there's a definite you know, debate to, ha- to have there. Okay, we can mention it now, or perhaps we'll come to it later on, but, but, but Steve has just touched on a very important point, marshalling, because marshals will not go and watch or go and work at race meetings where the racing is dreadful, the entries are small, uh, and that therefore means that there aren't enough of them. They'll go in large numbers to touring car meetings, and hopefully to British GT meetings, but if the, if the racing they see is dull uh, and there are very few cars in it, they won't bother. So it's it's a downward spiral, and we should stress that's not a lack of dedication. They're being asked to do these long days for nothing, so it's only fair they should get something out of it. You've touched on another point when you say these long days. I mean, a, a marshal's day because the, the 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 club, the organising club, wants to maximise what they paid as a track hire fee. Um, a, a marshal's day starts at being on post, let's say half past eight, sometimes earlier. They may, if they're lucky, if the racing runs to schedule, get something up to about 40 minutes but they need to be off back on post about five or ten minutes before the afternoon action starts and it goes right through at some circuits beyond half past six it's an incredibly long day if they're being entertained by the the racing they're seeing then that's the compensation but if they're watching five whatevers traipsing round you really ought not to have a major championship with just five cars in it i think even a minor championship with five cars in it is uh, not really acceptable well should introduce our final guest which is kevin turner now as editor of autosport magazine you get plenty of complaints just as i did during my stint editor about not enough coverage of club racing even though we do give quite a lot of pages to it this has led to a bit of a change in the way the magazine covers each meeting hasn't it so that that shows you're kind of reacting to to a problem and that i should say that's not cutting pages yeah it has been quite an issue over the years and um, there's always been a desire from yeah people within club motorsport to have more coverage in autosport and we you know we do take it seriously and no, like you, Ed, I came through the club motorsport. That's how I got introduced to the sport. That's the first job I had at all sport. So, you know, it means something to all of us. But we got to the point where to include uh, race reports um, on every single meeting and every single race within those meetings, um, you'd have to make the magazine bigger, which I think in the 21st century, everyone knows print titles, you know, under pressure. You're not going to get suddenly lots more pages. But there are lots of great stories within club motorsport. Um, there's probably multi-mark racing, for example, which has all but died off at upper levels. There are some there are exceptions, obviously. Yeah, there's some great characters, great cars, great series. And they were getting marginalised by having to cover the weaker meetings, the weaker categories. So we took the decision at the start of this year to try and focus on the bigger meetings or better meetings um, and, and better series. And yeah, uh, there was a bit of pushback 
uh, to start with. We've had some positive feedback as well. It's still a work in progress, but that that's in just a small example, really, of us having to respond to this ever-growing number of uh, races per meeting is actually the biggest thing. You know, back in the day, it might be six or eight. Now it's... To, I think the first one I covered was 20-something. Silverstone Classic has 20, 24. You know, they're, they're, they're up in the high teens into the 20s now, which is an awful lot of races if you're trying to cover them all. Well, should we start off with some facts, which I know is unfashionable these days in the, the days of fake news? Um, Stephen, you've been trying to quantify this. So, yeah, we, as you said at the start, there's a lot of national motorsport in the UK, but that's not necessarily a new problem. We've found in autosport editorials from right back as far as the 60s that there's been complaints of too much racing uh so i used random year to have a look back and see the comparison so from 1987 there were 197 meetings in england wales and scotland it's a really surprisingly high number how does that compare to 2018 then 185 meetings so there was actually slightly more 30 years ago but the key point with this was 30 years ago the vast majority of these meetings were just one day events whereas now uh, approximately two-thirds are two-day or even three-day uh, race meetings so that means the number of days of club motorsport in the uk has increased by around 83 since 30 years ago which is a pretty massive increase um, in terms of the amount of meetings that are taking place so it's not necessarily the the number of meetings it's the amount of days of racing which has really increased and the other thing you have to bear in mind with back in 1987 um a lot of circuits had um their own championships or regional championships as well so that's accounts for the fact that there was more meetings back then whereas now you've got bigger clubs that have UK-wide series with much smaller number that are focused on a particular area. Uh, so it makes for an interesting comparison, really, how things have, have changed, even if the actual number of meetings is similar to what it was before. I mean, these are great stats that Stephen's put together. The one that's sort of standing out um, that, you know, for me is the number of series and championships. So in 1982, you've got 64. In 87, it's 69. To 183, so that that I think gives you, and that's where we're into diluting diluting grids and meetings and things because you're spreading uh, people so much thinner. Whether it be competitors, marshals, whatever. Um, I mean, what would also be good, but very hard to work out. Well, what's the average grid size from across these various years? But maybe you can remember that, Ian. As a, have we seen a decline in grid sizes? Probably not overall. But what you're doing by having all these championships, or not you what is happening as a result of all these championships um, is that the number of people, and you've alluded to this, um, who, who want to go racing have got a spoil for choice. There's just far too much uh, opportunity to race in different categories. What we've lost, and this is a, a different point, but what, what, what is, we've lost is, to a significant extent, local championships. Castle Coombers thrive very, very well on promoting local championships drawing on local competitors Alton Park somewhat similar obviously Knock Hill being a long way from most other circuits uh, is a bit like that but there are other circuits that depend upon um, the national championships visiting it once or twice a year uh, but the the, uh, the a, a local nucleus of drivers uh, potential drivers um, it, it doesn't exist in the way that it did go back to the 1960s uh, when 
you had your regulars at Alton Park and you before the championship um, blight struck in the 1960s uh, you had uh, a lot of local drivers would turn up in their almost road cars at times or yes their Formula Ford car or well, it could be Formula Ford car in the mid 60s but the equivalent sports racing cars uh, and you, you could rely upon a good local nucleus Castle Coombe can do that Alton Park to a limited extent can do that and knock hill but I don't think it's general uh, and, and that's part, part of the the problem there's too much choice that's a really good point about championships there, isn't there? Because uh, with with championships, you tend to get people following around because they're trying to win a championship. Exactly. And not often you get to the second half of the year where they can't win it, grids drop. Whereas something like the Classic Sports Car Club has been successful because they've rigidly stuck to not having championships and trying to have this sort of open format that, that allows people to dip in and out a bit more. And actually that means that they have big grids all the time. Yeah, I mean, you, you, your season's budget um, is planned around i mean ed may have a view on this as a somebody who raced in, in championships a club level championships some years ago but it's based around the championship rounds you don't therefore take part in one-off races i mean both msv and brscc have run these open races for closed wheel cars or open wheel cars but they don't well the brscc series has got reasonably large entries of just about anything you want to bring along uh, MSVI is working hard to increase its grids as well for those races but you don't get many of those and so you, you just concentrate on racing in your championship It's interesting cause it's a double-edged sword really because when I raced regularly from 2004 to 2010 well the last few years not doing so much but main championships I did with the Genetta G20s which focused very much on the championship and did the Mazda MX-5s before they fragmented into 38 different, different championships I, I have to admit one of the I did at times do occasionally other races. There was one regional championship I was going to do kind of three or four weekends in. I did one weekend and it just wasn't that good. It wasn't because, you know, I was doing one make racing, which was very close, very competitive. That's what I was used to. And some of the, the, the less focused grids create less good racing. And I guess there's two different ways of, of, of looking at it in, in, in that regard in that you, I always wanted the most competitive things to, to race in and championships, the ones I did certainly provided that whereas what you might loosely and slightly derisively call rung what you brung you often had very different types of cars and also very different levels of drivers you do get what things like well again back to holding up castle cooper as an example the the um mixed bag sports and saloons series you get that at uh, in the based on croft as well they have these and there are a few genetas for example in those racing against all sorts of other stuff Closed wheel cars again, and then there's separate races for the open wheel cars, um, which actually, in a few cases, turn into championships. So people can, I don't think, run what you brung is derisory. So, so Stephen, I mean, coming coming back to the to the numbers, it, it does seem a little bit muddier than we were initially suggesting there. So, what what have we what have we got now? That's that's the problem. I mean, you talked about more two day meetings than before. Again, going back to when I was racing, I quite like the two-day meetings because you thought, well, you've got the same travel cost, etc. You go up there for the weekend, go back better than having two separate rounds on separate weekends. Although I also knew people, friends of mine, who much preferred the one-day meetings because they had other commitments, so they still have a little bit of a, of, a, of a weekend left. So why do you think there's been that change? Is it a good or a bad thing? You could, like a lot of these things, you can dice it different ways. That's it. There is positives and negatives to, to these uh, situations, but I think... As Ian mentioned earlier, the number of races at these meetings has gone up and up and up. There's more championships, so clubs having to run more meetings and more days of racing to fit all these championship rounds in. 
Um, and that has led to more two-day meetings as a result of that. So it simply wouldn't be, if you had every single championship working on one-day meetings, there wouldn't be enough dates in the calendar to, to cater for that. So I think it's something that's evolved because of the position we're in in terms of the number of championships. Well, I think it's almost two... I mean, obviously, they're related, but there are two different things there. A two-day meeting makes a lot of sense because, obviously, your all your other overheads are, you know, less. If you're doing... if you're, well, For example, if you're doing 10 two-day meetings instead of 21-day ones, obviously, you're going to spend less on travel and all the rest of it, get bang for your buck. But And I don't actually mind a two-day a two, a two meeting that's got 20-odd races if they're all good. I think the problem is when you've then got... Um, these series and championships that are, are weak and and are allowed to be weak year after year. There's a there's an autosport editorial in 1982 which which I think is still very relevant. And the comment was there is only a limited pool of people who want to race and an even more restricted number who can afford to race. Let's not squander these resources by trying to cater for every conceivable minority. So and so losing out on the quality of racing. And I think that's absolutely. I should have written down who actually uh, said that, but um, that's absolutely spot on. You know, we, we found situations where. You know, people running this running a championship fall out, and one of them goes off and sends up sets up the same basically the same thing, but then maybe they'll uh, allow a little tweak to the the cars, um, and then you've got you split that you know you've got people on either side, so you get two half decent grids instead of one. That kind of thing is I feel where there needs to be some common sense. So what you're suggesting there is that you want Motorsport UK to step in and say no, if there's a championship where you can already race that kind of car, that's where you go. It has its whatever it's called the p- control panel. Uh, that is meant to weed out weak championships. But there still seem to be an awful lot of weak championships. And I would have thought there ought to be some kind of um, minimum number of entries, minimum number of starters. Obviously, a a championship having been uh, given approval has to be allowed to see out its season. But it shouldn't be allowed. It should be given a yellow card before the end of the year if it really is poorly supported. Uh, and um, perhaps amalgamated with something else. I had the pleasure of sitting in on one of those meetings a few years ago. Um, yeah, which which was a good experience. But the, um, and there were yeah lots of sensible and intelligent people there, and it, you know a lot of discussion made sense. But fundamentally, the the people on the panel were all representing a particular club, and they all know that each of them has got a couple of week championships or series, and they kind of gen unless you, I mean, it has to be something really abysmal <laughs> otherwise they tend to just agree to let oh they, oh you have one more year oh yeah okay you have one and there's a little bit of that going on um and there was one particular member of that panel who was not being like that and trying to make changes happen and didn't just couldn't make progress you almost want an independent panel to be able to say right th- we recommend these lose their status i think it's interesting because the rules actually state that a championship should have an average number of 16 starters in order to keep its status. But there are championships out there that have never even had 16 cars, let alone averaging 16, but they are still able to continue on as championships. Now, obviously, the category could exist without being a championship. It could become a series. And as we've touched on before, that can be quite popular with uh, drivers having a less competitive element. But I think if there was... Uh, a more stricter approach to championships and the number of permits given out, it, w- it would help this situation of there being so many championships that are so similar. Or, or they should merge in the way that, the, 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 was it, they call it the Super Coupe series, when various old one-make saloons were all lumped together, like the Protons and, and whatever else it was, Rover 2, 
turbos, Rover 216s. Lump them all together. Uh, start separate grids, perhaps, but you, that way create a, a large enough grid. Well, we should also say on this, it's not just about, well, in fact, primarily we're talking about competitors because a lot of these club meetings, their financial model isn't about getting spectators in, in most club racing events. And I'm not talking about things like the Toka Package BTCC, they're big crowd drawers, but the kind of rank and file things don't attract many spectators. But one of the things as a competitor that frustrated me is if you enter your bark race you pay a certain amount for a single header a certain amount for a double header i imagine it's gone up a lot since my day but it always used to frustrate me that when like for example when i did mx5s we'd usually have capacity grids or well in fact they pretty much were occasionally we had to had to have um people not qualifying and that kind of thing and going into the all comers race instead but you look at it and think well hang on a minute you've got a category there with 15 cars or 12 cars paying the same amount as us so why are we paying twice as much effectively three times as much as a as a collective for that slot on because you have to you have to think of it as there's a circuit higher cost and a cost for putting on the meeting and each time slot has a certain value so effectively the strong was subsidizing the weak categories but there wasn't that will and that desire to force people to merge grids because as soon as you merge grids and you say right those two categories are going to have to run on the same grid one group of cars is is likely to be at the back and not winning outright and people didn't like that people didn't like that for why because they'd probably be at the some of them at the back of whatever they were driving in if it was just a single mate race uh, on its own um and you're you're bound to have i mean the others get on as i say they can start earlier 10 seconds or so earlier than the the other category the slower category and they race amongst themselves but they're all on the track at the same time so whether it's i mean there are some race meetings where the only spectators are the marshals um and, and so the people you need to be entertaining if you've worried about entertaining anybody apart from the drivers themselves who can race amongst themselves uh, are, the, are the marshals and a, and a handful of spectators and i think the interesting point with spectators is if there were fewer race meetings with better supported championships perhaps there would be more spectators and the spectators would be less spread out around the country as well potentially uh, i know we've got at the bottom end of of the club racing world there's not a huge amount of interest in those meetings but if there was more exciting races more close action then that situation could potentially change well i also wonder whether i mean it's sort of alluded to it is the structure of club motorsport maybe that's part of the problem as well in that the you know the the clubs pay the circuits for the circuit higher and they so the so that you know the circuit set their figure so they make sure their books balance that way and then the clubs obviously get their money from the competitors uh, so they balance the books that way if if they can get enough and obviously you get these you know inconsistencies where one grid's paying more effectively than than another um and and so no, nobody needs to get spectators you know if there was a some kind of um some way of restructuring it slightly where maybe each of them takes some sort of cut from the gate or something like that i know there have been organizers and promoters that have tried to do this before um with varying levels of success um but if there was there's no encouragement for the for the club events to try and get spectators through the gates now you might argue well you're never going to get people through the gates so it needs to function that way but you kind of can't help but feel that there there should be there should be a bit more of that going on you're never going to get i don't believe these days because there are so many other things going on uh a large number of spectators to race media because people would rather do other things and they used to go to a silverstone brdc organized uh sunday silverstone began at um, 
uh, with qualifying at half past 11 and the qualifying went right through to about three o'clock first race at three o'clock and they crammed it all in on the on the club circuit and it was all finished by six or six thirty now that meant you got quite a large crowd and, and they had a great final corner at woodcut uh, and so you had some great racing the formula ford finale was always a classic um silverstone type finishes galore uh, and there was a good crowd of spectators but today it doesn't happen like that i'm afraid because people go off to sunday markets or wherever in the summer go off to the seaside so they got so much else to do or watch motor racing on tv even there was perhaps the problem Stephen, with i always felt going back to my days of editing the club also sports section which deals with with national racing that it was very very difficult in the perception of anyone on the outside to to see the cream rise should we say it's just kind of this morass of kind of stuff and there's some really great categories there there's some really bad ones and i guess talking about club it's never going to be well attended really but in terms of just an interested interested outsider rather than say somebody who wants to look at people they know or categories they race and there'll be some autosport readers like that but just understanding what the really good categories are because it constantly changes is really difficult is there any way to tackle that potentially so Um, it's a very confusing picture at the moment with so many series which seems to be catering for the same car like take mx5s for example there's at least five different categories all for this one type of car and to an outsider that's just it doesn't make any sense why why would there be so many that aren't regionally based or there's no um to without getting into the really technical details of the cars there's no differentiation between them and that makes it very uh difficult for people who only have a slight interest or occasional interest to, to follow what's happening because is it from this MX5 championship that we're talking about or is it this one or creates that confusion there which doesn't help I don't think that these days you will ever get a significant number of spectators to an ordinary club meeting so the people you're catering for uh, that you want to keep happy are the competitors uh, and the marshals you can't run the race meeting without the marshals and you can't run a race meeting without competitors and, and they're the whether you get 100 spectators or 1,000 spectators, it's not going to make a world of difference uh, to the economics of running the race meeting, I don't think, because the admission charge isn't really anything like what the... What was the entry fee like, Ed, in your day? Uh, entry fee for memory... So this was going back 10, 12, 13 years. It would, it would be 180 to 195 for a single header, and then double header would be high 200s, 270, 290, I think. Yeah, I think now you're between... Is it 360 and 500 or something like that for a weekend? Um, so it, it's gone up and the cost of travel has gone up as well I mean, the cost of fuel has gone up and the cost of accommodation if you're not staying in a tent is is, uh, is going up um, so the cost of travelling is, is going up that's deterring competitors but I, I still think that chasing the elusive spectator is, is a waste of time No, I'd agree with that this is a competitor base the competitor is the customer and the, the kind of economic ecosystem it's the tracks and the competitors and then you've got a few hangers-on and professional teams that run things etc etc and I mean, just just in terms of the quality of stuff, Ian, I mean, you are best placed among us to, to judge how it was compared to... I mean, is the average club meeting today worse than when you were reporting on it on it no. for Autosport? No, I, I don't think it is. I, I, I think that you, you had... I mean, I can remember a, a race at Alton Park. I think it was Langston Cheshire Car Club. We used to get good entries, but for this particular race, they had four starters. Um, so you watch four cars on a wet track heading towards... Um, first corner old tall corner uh and two of them spun off so you're left with two cars circulating this is i'm talking about 1962 something like that uh before i was writing for autosport uh and and so there were small grids back then but there were reasonable sized grids um uh, and so you had 
much of a mixture, but with fewer categories uh, as you have now. Uh, and, and there were not knowing this was going to be part of the, of our discussion. Um, I, I was just thumbing through a copy of an early '60s autosport the other day, as you do, uh, as Kevin does, uh, and um, came across some comment there about too much motor racing. I mean, you said somewhere, Stephen, it's, it's, it's a perennial problem. It'll never go away. But what has changed, as I say, comparing a, a, a BRDC national meeting at Silverstone, which happened once a month, I suppose the nearest you have today is Castle Coombe, um, perhaps Knock Hill as well, uh, with today. You, you, you had once a month, usually on a bank holiday, uh, some great racing on the, on the club circuit, and a decent crowd of spectators. But you won't get that now. I, th- I think that is, that is probably fair, um, but I still think that the it's the amalgamation of it's it's the number of different categories for basically the same cars that particularly. But if of, there's so many of the same cars, if you had five grids that were all packed, then it's not, it's not a problem. Be a spectator is it? sport. It's it's still, no, it's still not going to be a spectator because sport, you've never no. heard. Of the, I mean, touring cars has a high profile because and it's on TV and people can identify with the drivers and they have a following. But with no disrespect to Ed. Um, perhaps he did have a bigger following than some of the others because he was known as a autosport journalist. Um, were you an editor when you were racing as well? No, no, that was in my uh, in my days as a uh, much less significant figure. Uh, but no, it, uh, uh, you know, obviously I was mobbed for autographs everywhere I went. Well, I, but I, I, I could quite I, believe it's, that. It's like Lewis Hamilton going to a club meeting now; it would attract a crowd. But for, for general competitors, I mean, no. Ultimately, I was a fat amateur racer, and, and I think the point about spectators, we kind of do need to sort of park and say this is this is about. The situation for for competitors really isn't it this question of championships and series which we have touched upon where does the responsibility for this lie if someone has to say right come on let's make this better for everyone because if you make it better for everyone it's better for the competitor better for the circuits everyone's happy so whose whose job is it motorsport uk the only organization that would have the power to do that but actually implementing that successfully would be difficult because no matter some where you cut or draw the line Someone somewhere isn't going to like it, and if you you could be seen as being too heavy-handed on on cutting the number of championships when when they're still successful and the championships could improve further down the line, and it makes it really difficult to say right this is the cut off any championship below this point don't you're not allowed to have a permit basically, and I think judging that is a, is a really tricky balancing act between so many different factors we've talked about some of them already and getting it right is nigh on impossible i I think it's very difficult to regulate it successfully in that way it's almost gone too far now hasn't it to to sort of bring it back i mean i think you i'd like to hear your stats Stephen, from from other countries to see how the uk compares to other countries in europe in particular in terms of the number of series and, and championships there are? Well, I think it's the f- first key point to make is we are very fortunate in the UK that we've got such a good number of excellent circuits uh, that are like revered across the, the world to an extent. And so we're in a fortunate position that we've got this range of circuits that many other countries don't boast. Nonetheless, we still have a significant amount more club racing than any other European country. For example, the Netherlands is regarded as having the most club racing championships, and that's only got around 25. 
Now, that's a tiny number compared to ours, and they're much more well-supported. Like, there'd be grids for up to sort of 70 cars at some of these um for some of these series now admittedly that's not possible at some of the uk smaller venues anyway but that by having a, a smaller number of very popular series it makes it easier for competitors to know what's out there if you're starting off and you've got 10 different series that your car is eligible in how do you choose which one of those 10 to go into whereas in many of the european countries it's much more straightforward there is one series for this type of car and there's no sort of blurred lines that like we have in in the uk but there's also fewer organizing clubs like in this country we've got a significant number of organizing clubs that have their own categories their own championships their own uh customers or, or races in a way um whereas on the continent because there's fewer circuits you don't have this number of competing clubs for for races to choose between and therefore there is a lower number of series so to what extent do we think this is a function of the fact that the uk is quite small we're sitting in richmond upon thames sort of west london right now now within 180 road miles you can get to castle queen thruxton alton park cadwell park across a tiny bit further this huge number of circuits Lyddon in the south brands hatch there's this huge number of of, of circuits in sort of close proximity so it does kind of lead towards creating these national championships and particularly as transport links have got ever better it's quicker to to get places Where, whereas if you're in the north of france and you're near Grand tenois for example you won't want to go to po being the smoke south or paul ricard because that's a that's a hell of a trek that's got something to do with it. i've just had another thought whilst you were saying about local circuits something else that perhaps is worth mentioning goes back a few years um when donington park first opened uh the other, the established circuits, in other words, MCD and its circuits that are now the Jonathan Palmer MSV circuits, um, and BRDC on behalf of Silverstone kind of ganged up on Donington. So Donington had to create its own championships and it had its production GT championship and various other, uh, clubman's, uh, sports car championship. And essentially they only raced at Donington. Now Donington is a nice, a good circuit to race on. People, people like going there, but nonetheless, I can't think of any, I don't think I'm deluding myself, I can't think of any of those Donington Championships, essentially single-circuit events, that failed to attract a decent number of of, spe- of um, competitors. Uh, and uh, it is possible to do this. I think the 750 Motor Club probably also has pretty good entries, doesn't it? For, and and they're, they're willing to, um, but that's travelling around with the 750 Motor Club. But the point about Donington is that in those days, until it started introducing or being allowed to have national championships, Donington could set up and run its own good quality single circuit championships i think one of the things that's also happened is which kind of relates to that slightly in that you used to have um probably a not lower bar exactly but you could be you could try and do your own thing in that you could go and build your own clubman's car or run your own formula four or turn up at a sports saloon thing yeah there was more multi-makes i'll give you an example of something that i really used to enjoy it used to be intermark you'll remember this amok intermark not the current Intermark stuff, but the big, hairy VH Porsches, Hamilton E-Tart, that kind of stuff. They were great. We should explain um, that's Malcolm Hamilton, not Lewis. Yeah, not, not, yeah, not Lewis or Duncan. <laughs> Quite. Um, so and they were fantastic. And then a few years ago, they tried to re- sort of relaunch it, really. And I was very enthusiastic about this. And it just got no grids whatsoever, because, partly because now it, it makes much more financial sense to go and buy an off-the-shelf gt3 porsche or ferrari or something and go and, and go and do a a one make type thing than a kind of a more 
grassrootsy. You know, the, the level of it's slightly changed. But, but taking that point, and you, you, you've touched on something there, because Intermark didn't really uh, enjoy uh, resurrection. Um, but the GT Cup, which has become a championship, declined three or four years ago. But they reacted to competitors' interests and, 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 and requirements. And that is now re really quite strong. I mean, it's not uh, as strong as it could be, but nonetheless, it's a pretty strong series, the, the GT Cup Championship, with a variety of cars running in different classes and going around MSVR meetings during the course of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still possible, isn't it? I mean, there are certain, we can all think of series and, and championships and certain clubs that have responded very well and have got strong grids in particular areas. You know, I think Stephen's point of there is still a lot of great stuff out there. You know, we that is, we should un underline that. There's some you know great racing great cars whatever it's we're kind of almost look, trying to look at the getting rid of the bottom i don't know 10 20 percent make up a number does it matter well then you're back to the back to the marshall argument i guess maybe you could make case of all the time that the circuits can get marshals maybe it's okay to have four or five car grids maybe it isn't a problem if the clubs can balance the book and can keep on running these race ratings if it, it i think it gets back to the point we've all been making about the the, 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 the demand for marshals the need for marshals and if they won't come along uh, because they just think, oh, it's going to be one of those dreadful meetings with small entries. We don't want to be there. Uh, we've got better things to do at our weekend. Uh, then, or there's a better race meeting somewhere else. Um, then that's the consequence of, of allowing small grids. Yeah, maybe that becomes the natural limiting factor. That and um, sort of also more, more reasons to hopefully be a bit more cheerful about it is that there, I know, of, I'm sure this isn't the only one, but I know of at least one meeting that's been held privately between uh, representatives of three different clubs, all running very similar series. Each of them has one or two really strong meetings and one, two or more where they're weaker and they're trying to work together to pick their dates where they can all, instead of having... They don't normally clash, but there might be one weekend after another. And these aren't professional races we're talking about. We're talking about amateurs. Yeah, the one per month is fine. So if they can organise their calendars amongst themselves so that they've got four or five meetings a year where they all join forces and get a nice big grid, um, then that that seems to me to be quite a sensible way of going about it. And that's putting egos to one side. Oh, will you run these tyres? But maybe for this one, we could have a class here for that. And doing different things to try and make it so that you get a nice big grid every time across club with some club cooperation. Yeah, and, and there's, there's probably not at the moment enough of that where clubs are working together whereas if they did we could get much better results uh, much better supported meetings and like you're saying kevin about not having um clashing dates or near nearly clashing dates but i think going back to the point about marshals perhaps being a limiting factor it's not just marshals it's it's stewards it's clerks of the course of observers scrutineers. I'm, I'm all for less stewards at, at, at racing <laughs> Well, I was I mean, talking about marshals. I'm talking about officials generally. So, um, yeah. But all of those people, without them, we wouldn't have a race meeting. And if there's too many race meetings taking place, then at some point that pool of officials, marshals, will be stretched too far. And, and that could be the, the limiting point with this. We do also need to look, as we talked about having, you know, circuit championships and cars that can be sort of raced in different categories but there's always a cost argument here because let's say there's three championships for a certain type of car that might superficially look the same it's probably on different tyres 
very good chance you might have a different shock absorber supplier if it's a control series. So suddenly you think, oh, I can run that champ- that car in that championship as well. It's like, oh, suddenly I've got to spend two grand on bits and pieces for it. And, you know, th- this, this is where it comes down to, you kind of get this argument, don't you, about the, you could argue just, right, market forces, there's a nice self-sustaining little ecosystem there, why interfere with it? But you could also say, well, actually, if you take a more collective approach, they're getting into a political debate here almost, but if you take a, a more holistic approach and try and elevate everything, you'll get it's better for the existing spectator, uh, competitor, better for the existing competitors. So you get less churn of competitors. You'll maybe draw more people in. And there is quite a high turnover because people come into racing, don't necessarily like it. It doesn't offer them what they think it will do because it's a little bit amateurish in, in places. So could you actually make it better for, for business by taking that almost sort of top down view rather than just letting everyone compete? Because, and it does need a top down view because ultimately, the BARC and the 750 Motor Club, Bark, all, MSV, all these different clubs, you know, they are businesses in their own right. It doesn't really matter to them how the other one's doing, so there isn't so much incentive. So I guess that's that's the heart of this question, isn't it? It's do you just leave it as it is? Because it's working pretty well. There's a lot of competitors, a lot of racing going on, lots of circuits surviving, great. But does there need to be intervention to make it better than it is and to elevate it that that i guess is at the heart of what we're debating here today this is seems to be what we're seeing at the moment is this constant increase in the number of categories without the weaker ones necessarily dropping away which is leading to these congested race meetings and some of the problems we've discussed earlier and if there were it's almost a case of if you're going to create a new championship then uh, something has to be told to take its place so let's sort of circle back round, Stephen. I'm putting this one on you. So what are the problems based on this discussion that need to be tackled and how should it be gone how should we go about it? What should we just leave it as it is, or is there some intervention that can be taken to to improve things for, for everyone? I think as we've spoken before, um it's not necessarily a problem at, at the moment, but the minute that we're into martial shortages, official shortages, that's when meetings can't take place and we've hit a point where something has to be done rather than making that choice of whether something is done. So to answer your question, Ed, about should we leave things as they are, uh, I I think probably market forces is the right way to go. Um, Although from the point of view of of people who are actually watching or talking about this stuff or you're reporting on it, um, there really are some series that ought to be, I think, weeded out more strongly than happens at the moment. That's the only tinkering, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. We're talking about what our ideal situation would be, aren't we, really? From from a sort of spectator, interested party point of view, and it's it's, it's probably not going to happen and market forces will be what decides um, how how it all goes, for better or worse. I kind of kind of sums up the the difficulty of this, doesn't it? That there is so much going on. It's it's not one integrated system. There's multiple clubs. There's lots of competitors who just want places to race their cars. You've got individual championships and politics within championships that lead to fragmentation. It's a it's a complicated landscape, isn't it? Something we haven't touched on actually, but I think is worth a mention uh, are the MSV uh, Track Day Trophy races, which bring out essentially Track Day cars, which are many of them road cars that are driven on the road. And the entry for most of those track day trophy races, and there's two types, there's the championship and there's just a series of races, are really quite big. And it's a sort it, the track days obviously are a way, a means by which people go motor racing. They, they like the idea of driving around race tracks. Uh, and, and so that that is an example, I think. And, and what's the difference between a series and a championship? Well, they have one of each and they, 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 they get 25, 30 entries, a variety of cars. Well, I think that that's, 
you were probably about to say that before. I think you sort of interrupted yourself here, but that's a great example of being an initiative, a new initiative that works because it brings new people into the sport. It then has strong grids. Uh, some of those people have then gone on to do other series championships, whatever. So you'll, that, that's, a, that's a really positive bringing people into the sport, which is ultimately what you, what, what everyone, all of us here need. Um, so, so it's not, we're not saying that every new idea should be got rid of just because we've already saturated. There might be some new ideas out there that are better than the old ideas that we've still got. You know, it's interesting you mentioned track day trophy, which makes us think of track days, because there is kind of this, I mean, it's not, track days are not a new thing, but in recent times, past, 15 years ago 20 years that track days have become much more prevalent obviously the barrier to entry about racing you've got to pay bigger entry fees you've got to have your overalls your helmet they've got to be up to date you've got to have your fire extinguisher a cage in the car all these kind of things you know it's expensive to go racing and you could argue that because you can go to a track in your road car and hoon around for a bit that'll satisfy many people is that a reason to make sure that club racing is still healthy because there could come a point where market forces mean that circuits think actually it's better value for us just to run a track day rather than run a race meeting. And then does racing risk not having enough places to to happen if it doesn't take action? Yeah, I suppose there is, there, there, there is that risk. But uh, I, I mean, credit to Jonathan Palmer, like John Webb years ago, um, I think he, he looks closely at how these championships are working or series are working. And, and I think the track day trophy um, has become a more established place and people you've got the chance if you, if you sign up with msv msvr uh to race at some great circuits i mean as a driver you probably would like love driving around brands hatch and donington park and alton park and cadwell park you've got mo- you've got most of the best Do- donington Silver, donington are brilliant yeah so silverstone good for racing not necessarily for great track for, days. for uh for that but yes yeah but also there you're talking about jonathan palmer and motorsport vision which since he took over those circuits those circuits have been transformed and he, he and palmer has been a a changing force and he hasn't been afraid to to intervene and say oh, actually we want to do it this way start up their own racing club etc so is that an, is that not a case for actually we need more people like that who are willing to look at it and 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 kind of change what, you, things you, you suggested we have more than one jonathan palmer i don't think we'll have one jonathan palmer but maybe someone with the uh with the Similar drive, Similar drive ab- ab- ability, but ability not just to leave things working, yeah, combined with an understanding we, of what, we, of what I mean, works. Jonathan's grown up, I mean, he also became a Formula One driver, but he, he started off in club racing, so he, he knows what it's about and he takes a keen interest in it. Uh, and thank goodness the circuits ended up in his hands. It could have ended up in all kinds of other people's hands with all sorts of uh, off-the-wall ideas, which weren't going to work. And we could have lost some of the circuits. But uh, I would contend, over the time I've been watching motor racing go back to the 50s, that there have been three people who've had a significant effect on, on um, national racing in this country. Um, one of them is, is uh, John Webb, huge effect he had. Uh, the, the, the other, uh, Jimmy Brown, through what he, the way he encouraged the development of Silverstone. And the third is Jonathan. Now, I, I know... Other people will say, what about Alan Gow? No, no, those are the three, I think, who've had an overall effect on um, the, the growth and development of, of national racing, which didn't really exist before the war. I mean, you, you could do a few races at Donington Park, a few races, like two a year at Crystal Palace, uh, and, and going round on, on an oval, concrete oval at Brooklands. So in summing up, let's go to Kev first. What's, so so what, what's going to happen now? What are you going to be calling for as editor of, uh, of Autosport magazine? You're the one with the most influence here because of that. There are two different questions there. What's going to happen? I suspect what's going to happen is what has been happening. What will we be calling for? Well, I think that we've kind of sort of just agreed that 
probably we will leave it to I mean I, I, when I get the opportunity I will still say that there are too many chances not necessarily too drastic but you could definitely trim some of, some of the bottom I think it may be left out naturally as, as, as Stephen sort of suggested um, but obviously from a, from an autosport coverage point of view that we will probably be having to continue with our new path in terms of coverage unless something fairly miraculous happens in terms of page budgets so I think we'll be continuing to try and pick out the best that we can from club motor racing Stephen, what's your final conclusion? What's your three-point plan to save club racing? It doesn't need saving, but to make it even better. Well, I think, like you say, it doesn't need saving necessarily, but because we have to remember we are incredibly fortunate to have so many people interested in club racing, so many different clubs, so many different enthusiasts, and we've got to remember that. Yes, we've said there's perhaps too much, too, too many championships, whatever, but we've got to remember that we're very fortunate that we're in this position where there is a a decent amount of choice but I think I completely agree with what Kev was saying about perhaps be a little bit more forceful when it comes to granting championship permits or or perhaps more importantly taking them away from from series um, to create a healthier overall club racing pick. Just on that point Stephen actually you reminded me of course we do have a new management team with David Richards so it would be interesting to find out whether this is part of what he means by that and we, we may find there is change over the next year or two be, be, that, 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 that could be quite interesting I, I think David Richards and Jonathan Palmer are similar sorts of people uh, not just because they both fly helicopters regularly but um, because, because uh, I think you're absolutely right Kevin that there will be I think a, a change a new broom um, will make some changes in, in the way British motor racing is, is structured but I go back to what you've just said. We were all saying, really, market forces. Uh, but with, Stephen said, a little bit, I think it's more than a little bit of, of uh, more robustness about the way in which championships are weeded out if they're just not strong enough. Well, it seems we've got a broad consensus here. That we, we have. So whether Kevin's next editorial on the topic is going to be one worth reading, we're going to say, yeah, you're right, Kevin. The best, the best thing written about this is what Stephen wrote, basically outlined why we were doing what we were doing, which unfortunately got us into trouble because everyone thought that we were basically saying we were cutting club coverage. It wasn't what we were doing at all. Um, we were changing the way that we structured it. But St- Stephen's, uh, Stephen's been the man uh, on the, with single on the pulse on this one. But you know, the, the positive thing is there's lots of club racing, some great circuits in this country. So it, it is thriving by any definition. But I think like anything it's not necessarily about elevating the top it's about you, you improve the whole just by maybe tackling the the bottom end the bottom however you want to put it 10 percent, 20 percent, just tidy things up consolidate you can actually make it a lot better for everyone so there we go we've uh, we've come up with a, a conclusion and a, and a relatively vague course of action which is always always very very good it's a complicated issue and it's all related to the business models and whose responsibility is. so it's it's a it's a big mess but i would actually say to anyone listening to this who um maybe is in the uk and hasn't gone to a club meeting for a while try and uh, try and pick a good one and go along she might might find you uh, you enjoy it more you may not know who the drivers are they may be uh, full of fat amateurs such as myself making uh, errors every corner but um but it is uh, very good fun and you can get a close-up look at the cars so i'm going to interject actually um on that because club racing has lots of things that people complain about that they don't see in you know top level motorsport so you know you want you want louder cars where if you go to the right sort of historic meeting they're loud cars you want drivers to make mistakes and for overtaking to happen it's all you can find it all in club motor racing but yeah i agree you should definitely give it a try why not have the equivalent have an autosport star system like a michelin star system for restaurants uh and and rate race meetings before the event not not after the event uh, as to which are the ones you should really go and see. Well, I think we, we sh- that's something we would definitely have to consider doing as part of our 
what's on next week page in autosport i think like you say there's so many different meetings out there it's difficult to know from an outsider's perspective which would be a good mm. one and little things like that would help no that's something for you to work on next uh, for next season Stephen. and that that is at the heart of it in terms of if people want to go and watch knowing what to go to is, is uh, absolutely key uh, well, I think we've probably created more questions than uh, than answers in this discussion, but it's been very illuminating. So thanks to all for your for your contributions. We have put the world to rights, as it were. I'm not sure it'll achieve much, but uh, but we've had a good time. We hope you have as well. So please check out autosport.com for the latest news on everything Formula One, WRC, the whole lot. Autosport magazine's out every Thursday, and of course, a very well-populated club section, which uh, Stephen oversees, and obviously he battles with Kevin regularly to stop Kevin cutting back the number of pages evilly, as the Autosport editor always does check out sister titles f1 racing magazine out monthly and motorsport.com and if you fancy a flutter download the pit stop betting app thanks for joining us we'll be back soon with another auto sport podcast Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com forward slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.